Welcome to Culture Crawl HCX Podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Ward Jr. And this is Donald Scott II. Uh, well, then, you know, Donald, you bring up a uh, interesting just, uh, situation, which I think segues into the topic that we did want to discuss uh, today, which is uh, overall like, you know, political power, voting, engagement, uh, and what that means. So, but before we begin, um, I just want to like, set the stage just about the the time that we're living in right now, um, a time where there is oppression across various communities, uh, there is disparities from those that are at the top and some that are at the bottom, uh, there is COVID-19 that has impacted communities differently, uh, the Black and Hispanic community uh, more so than others. Uh, and we've seen federal dollars and even state city funding uh, been shared, uh, but not shared with everyone. Uh, and we see that based on the number of businesses that have closed up, uh, the individuals that have died, uh, the totals. Uh, so I kind of just set the, the stage there uh, and, 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 and then ask, uh, what, what does this idea of political power you know, or civic engagement, what does that mean for, for you all? Um, okay, so I'll go. So you asked for political power and you asked about civic engagement. Okay, so political power to me is the longer topic, <laughs> which can branch off in several areas. So I'll try to be, to be brief and to be clear. For me, <laughs> being that I love the Constitution, I, I really need to stay focused and I probably need your help with that so that I don't go off topic too far. When it comes to political power, I like to look at our system and our infrastructure and or the establishment, if you will, as it stands from the top down. From my just everyday layman's understanding, I am by no stretch of the imagination a political science scholar. And what I have is just my experience locally and just some, some knowledge. And I'll say this, our country, was founded on a constitution. And if you look at where we are, being realistic, we are in what's considered, in my, my view, an administrative state, which means that instead of having the three levels of government exercising the power and adhering to you know, the constitutional apparatus, we have the administrative state whereby we have experts that come in. We have um, <laughs> the oligarchs that take part in making decisions, thereby influencing legislation, our bills and our laws. So to me, that's something that we need to understand because that's the top of the system. We will, I guess, work our way from the bottom to the top. So if you will, take this uh, example and use your imagination. We have um, a small circle and then we have a larger circle on the outside, if you guys are with me. The small circle is our legislative government, okay? We have our Congress, we have our three branches. We have our executive, legislative, and judicial, okay? Those are the decision makers. On the outside, all that space, that's the country. That's the rest of us. Outside of that is the world, okay? Meaning, you know, the other countries in the world. What we have are supposed to have, that outer circle, which is really big, all of that is the people. 
that's how it's supposed to be founded. So we are supposed to be in charge of our government, not the other way around. So hopefully to not make too much of a long story long, we need to get back to being the people for our government, not the government for the people. We make those decisions when we elect those for the most part. At this point under the administrative state, we have those people I just mentioned or those organizations and those categories making those decisions and legislature because we've lost sight. And I think when we look at that example at the top, we can bring that home and say, okay, we seem to have lost sight of exactly how we're supposed to be structured as a society, you know, a diplomatic, a democracy rather, and how we're supposed to manage and how we're supposed to grow and what exactly we're supposed to be doing when it comes to direction and political power. We all have political power, especially in numbers. One of my favorite um, quotes is that the most important seat in politics is that of the private citizen. We have power and we need to understand what that is, especially on this local and municipal government level. That's where you will see the most impact because the number one question I feel we all need to ask ourselves through all of this is how does this affect my life? Does the reality TV affect my life? Not so much. You know, does something else over here affect my life? Probably not. So we have to look at how does it affect my life? And that's when we start making decisions. So before I go on any further, are there any questions? And have I made any sense? I'll jump in. Um, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. And actually, um, on your point about thinking about topics and how it affects our lives, uh, I like to think while I run. And one of the things that I was thinking is about the concept of the single value voter. Uh, many times when we start talking about, when we start breaking apart political identities, and especially when we talk about people who vote potentially uh, Republican, not, not in today's GOP, but like, let's say five, 10 years ago GOP. Uh, the the group that they brought together, they would say, like, for example, Hispanics are Catholics and their primary value is um, is pro-life. And then there would be like this concept of the uh, fiscally conservative, socially liberal Republican. And they were supposed to be care about the budget. And then there was this other group that that, you know, was the evangelical Christian. And, and they created this single they created this, um, this group, a, a broad diverse group of single value voters. And I think where that experience is broken down now for the GOP, uh, and I'll, I'll actually say on two sides. One is on the GOP side, they've, they've lost control of that single value whiteness voter. So now we see, especially here in Texas, right, where the people who should be supporting everything Greg has to say because he is a Republican, those people are the ones most vocally against him. And it's, it's interesting just to watch. Um, I know it's, on, it's playing out on Twitter and in some cases um, 
they haven't necessarily stormed the state house the way they were up in arms in, in, in Wisconsin and Michigan. Uh, but I don't imagine that we are too far away from that. Uh, but then on the flip side, because of the power of the single value voter dis, um, disenfranchising the concept of thinking about your community when you vote, then now we are in a space where uh, the concept of empathy doesn't play into how we should be voting. And so I think for all of the people who would vote uh, for their community, those are the groups then that sit where voting booths get shut down, uh, uh, your primary targets for disenfranchisement are, is that group of people that would be voting for the collective as opposed to the individual. So it does seem like, and now because of those two op, um, uh, uh, opposite views, right, both on the, on the far right, far left, and both groups now losing sight of what's going on, we have this, I don't know. I Actually, I've been using the, I'm gonna go a little tangential here, but I just watched this, um, <laughs> this uh, uh, National Geographic on the Greeks. And it, one, in one part, it talked about the failure of the state and the full system. And so trading, trading this is years ago, right? Trading routes collapsed, um, ports closed, and people stopped the cultural exchange of information. Uh, that is what is happening right now, right? We're talking about closing our borders, both uh, for us to get out of the state and for people to come into the state and um, country. Um, we're talking about closing schools and kicking out students, uh, and then our economy is shut down. So those three bullets happened centuries ago. I'm sure they, it's repeated. But because we are not consuming the right information, instead we are consuming uh, comments in Twitter or we are consuming reality TV, we don't know our history and we don't fully appreciate what's happening right now such that people would mobilize and vote and realize that if they don't pay attention, uh, we are already on the downslope as it relates to being a society in, in reality. Like, we won't disappear, you know, like like one of the Greeks, but but our empire uh, is in serious risk. So my uh, response I was going to say to, to AK was, was definitely similar uh, and, and addresses the chief comments on Donald. Uh, so yes, definitely agree that we as a people are not as engaged as we need to be. Uh, and the uh, single voter, the the, the citizen, you know, the person that's there representing the, their country, they are the ones that are really need to be engaged. However, uh, the society and the system has created uh, a way for us not to be engaged. Uh, it, it was very, you know, designed strategically where now we are too busy, right? Now we have to work to pay bills and not focus on actually voting and understanding that we do have the power and the responsibility that's needed. Uh, so we definitely have lost sight on, on what we can do. And we're not focusing on the, the reality of things uh, because we've been so conditioned, uh, and I say we as a generalizing there, uh, but as, as a people uh, collectively, 
uh, where we're focusing on on things and more so that are that are entertainment. Uh, but you know, COVID nineteen, uh, the, the constant killings of, of black and of black women and black men that we've seen across uh, the news and, and other disparities of the death tolls have really urged people uh, in order to go out and, and vote. However, to go back to AK's point, the whole system itself though makes it very difficult uh, for for quality candidates from represented communities, right? Because there's so much money that is put into the political system. Um, not on all levels, uh, but definitely on, on, on some levels where now I'm all about investing in technology and removing a lot of those barriers that make it difficult for anyone to run. You know, I'm a big proponent that, like, why can't we see who everybody votes on? Why can't that be an online database, open source, everybody goes online, and you can see exactly who who Michael voted for and why. Like, like well, why do we need to hide behind? Why well, I know why. Once you hide behind the structure, you 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 are able to more control the society. So I, I understand uh, the the strategy behind that. But in order for us to really overcome this, um, I see one way is tapping more into technology, uh, allowing us to not be so busy and be more engaged in our process and understand that now is a great opportunity. Um, and a must-win opportunity for us to really come out of this better than when we were at the start of 2020. I agree, because I'm, I'm one of the first ones to say, Alexa, reset 2020. <laughs> I wish it was that simple. But that's something that, anyway, that's my personal joke. Um, <clears throat> so where are we now? I hear what we're saying. So how do we get beyond what we just described? How do we physically get ourselves out there? We galvanize and make sure that this change starts to happen here on this local level. What do you guys suggest? What do you see happening? Um, like you said, first of all, the information. I think, Donna, you were talking about having that conversation. How do we even begin to have the conversation of the importance of where we are, the importance of, of having that lack of knowledge, understanding our system, understanding who does what? Because we need to flip the script back to where it was. We have the power. We are supposed to be electing these people into these positions to serve us. That's to me, is the beginning of that conversation. That's the start. How do you reach out to people and let them know the value you know, of the voting? And not only that, but the power of the voting. How do we do that? Or do you not think that it matters at this point. I know on a very national level, it is not as significant, as significant rather, as it used to be. Because again, for me, I see us in an administrative state of governance because power comes from so many different entities that are experts, that do have the finances. There's an elite group that really controls our polls. I, I see that, I mean, who doesn't? You know, well, if you're looking, you see it. If you don't, yes. So again, how do you how do you feel we need to, to bring this home? Because charity begins at home. We need to start giving ourselves the knowledge to to move forward. And as you said, be prepared for when we come out of this pandemic, where are we going to be in our communities, in, in our families, in our businesses, in our schools? What's our plan? Yeah, I wonder who is thinking of 
I mean, I know that we have community planners, right? But I wonder who are the social engineer architects? So for example, you know, the question is, what can we do? Mm -hmm. I think that one of the most important things that we've lost sight of is, in, is instilling, instilling in children and students the concept that they should have uh, some investment in civic engagement. And, and I think we talked about touching on this topic, but for example, you know, I have the kids grab fruit off of a fruit tree, go out to the farmer's market, try and sell that fruit, and then that fruit gets donated to a civic organization, uh, specifically Black Pflugerville. Um, or we were donating to the school district, right? So in, in that small space, you know, it's $2 what they're given, but they understand and we have the conversation, you are responsible for your community. I, um, I don't think that, now it's okay for me to teach that, fine, but I don't, I, you know, we have to do that broader because when I tell people that it's like, oh, that's so cool, that's so unique, it's different. It's not really though, because Peace Corps, right, used to be a, a uh, aspiration, right? I think, you know, we've gotten away from this concept of, of serving the country where serving the country is a little bit politicized as a function of military engagement first. But, but people don't think of serving your country as serving your community as being a volunteer on the council or being a volunteer in the school districts or being a volunteer on the school board. Um, and even when we talk about, and, and then speaking about this group of powerful people, right? I think what's happened is, <clears throat> Right now, there's the, the feeling that if you want to be a politician, you have to have this outsized personality, but you also need to be uh, <laughs> adjacent to fraud, right? Like the concept of quote unquote politician carries with it a negative connotation, but then no one wants to be a volunteer. And I think people lose sight of the fact that a majority of your local politicians are volunteering uh, and if people signed up to volunteer more we would have more civic engagement um, but instead you know everybody's not to throw them under the bus but people are sitting in front of the television uh, playing video games or otherwise just not being engaged with the collective uh, and I don't know how we would you know it's going to be a challenge especially coming out of COVID because coming out of COVID still has not yet been defined. Uh, so I don't know. So a couple of things there, and I definitely agree with that, where now we are in this, this place where we are not being engaged as we need to be because of COVID, uh, but we could be adaptive, right? Uh, when we need to be, because in order for us to address that, we have to think about the community. Uh, and this really goes back to our last podcast, our last podcast, Donald. We were talking about the American dream. The American dream isn't being a politician or being engaged in the community. It's you having your job, your house, your family. Like that's the American dream. So there's no room for you to be engaged in society. There's no room for you uh, to to really uh, worry about your community or roles. Like no, you have your job. You go to work. You come home. You have your your family, your kids, and that's it. Maybe you got a dog. Maybe you got a cat. I don't know. 
but that's the American dream, right? So we have to break down that that siloism, and, and we even see that in the in the way we go about solving problems, right? We're only thinking about what we're doing in our in our in our area, uh, but not thinking about the collective. And in order for us to do that, we have to break down those silos, and we also have to go back into being engaged in the community, just knowing each other. Um, yes, I know with, with social distancing, people are are not meeting each other, you know, face to face. But we could be engaged through online, right? We, we this FaceTime. Um, I'm 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 even work trying to see about how can we leverage technology more to do that. You know, leverage virtual reality. Uh, really have some Star Wars type holograms, right? I mean, like there's technology out there. Why are we not in, investing in that so we can overcome the fact that we don't engage as much as we used to? or we're not voting as much as we used to, or worried about the local levels, even know about the, just what's happening down the street. Like how many times we don't know that like, a neighboring city uh, has so many challenges because we're just focused on what we're doing. Um, like in Delta Valley, like I was on a call with the, uh, with the Community Resilience Trust Group, and they were saying down in Delta Valley how they can't drink their tap water. Their tap water is so horrible that it, um, it messes up their equipment inside uh, their house or their apartment, so they have to replace their appliances more frequently. Now I'm just thinking, you can't drink your tap water, so now I got to go buy um, water from the store just so you could drink, and that's right, that's what, less than 20 minutes from where I'm at right now in Austin. Uh, so there are so many more, <laughs> so many more challenges like that it happens across, and we're not as engaged as we need to, but it goes back to, we have, we can vote, we do have the power, uh, we can tap into alternatives, uh, to really build that community and really understand that you know, we need to care more about what's happening outside of our house um, versus what's just on the inside because of, of eventually whatever happens on the outside of your house will impact your house sooner or later, just only a matter of time. Okay. And all, all those are valid. We, we are aware of our current state. And for those who are unable to articulate it or formalize what they are experiencing or what they see, they are still very much aware. I think it's going to take the local leaders and as you said, Donald, those social engineers to galvanize and be strategic. One of those strategies, as you were saying, Michael, is technology. Well, we have to use technology, but remember back in the day, before all of this technology, everyone knew where the house party was. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, you're right. But actually, I'm going to throw Michael under the bus because he be trying to call me old. He <laughs> might not know what house parties are. So, but back then we were a community, um, and, and we're we're not like that anymore. Unfortunately, man, we're we're fighting so much amongst ourselves that we don't we don't we don't have that same uh, that same oneness that we used to have back in the day, and that's that's missing. Okay, so here's the thing, and one thing we're gonna talk about just a quick sidebar is when you guys are invited to my particular podcast undisputed truth there i'm boss lady brewer so <laughs> and i want to talk about that because i want to break that down to michael so you start dispelling the myths first and foremost we have to get into um, our psyche because here's the thing 
I'm an optimist just because that's how I'm wired for the most part. All those people that were protesting, all those people that had something to say against the current state, are all of them registered to vote. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So we should have had a group of those leaders out there making sure everyone out there is protesting, at least registered to vote because you're making a difference. If you don't believe in the voting system, you know, have your, your information there. Why not? Because if that's a problem, let's figure out how we can solve that. Okay, because that's where some of your power is. That's where the predominance of our power as a society is within the vote, especially on the local level, because that's a local thing. Okay, those who are not registered to vote and do believe in the voting system, that goes into a different branch. Okay, well, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to do in your everyday life? These things are doable. We need to start bringing about the actionable solutions. We need to stop being abstract and we need to change the narrative ourselves and be operational. This is what I can do. Well, you know what I'm doing. I'm volunteering my time. And as far as volunteer goes, connotations sometimes begin with the words versus the action. I consider myself a public servant. You know, albeit I am a city representative, notwithstanding that, I have a servant's heart. I I feel like I'm serving, you know, my people, serving my community, serving my causes. I'm doing what works for me. Everyone doesn't do it on that level, but we all have an internal cause. We all have something, okay, from from the thugs to the most elite, to the, you know, (laughs) aristocrats, if you will. We all have a cause we all have something that we're passionate about we all have something that we want to see to change to grow to develop we all have those things our job is to tap into that those of us who are core who are are serious about even serving the others a plate of justice but we have to begin at home that's how we start doing it you know we have to get back to that regardless of where we are now and we're not to that extreme and i wish we would look at that I wish we would take the good from it and really start putting those pieces together, you know, because there is power in that numbers. Because here's my thing. If we were so far apart, if we were as insignificant as some are making us to, to, to believe with some of those white bread statistics, then why are those statistics still out there? Why are they still promoting that? We have to understand that and look at that. First of all, blacks do support blacks. Don't get it twisted. Blacks do read. All blacks don't eat chicken, et cetera, and all those other stereotypes, okay? There are exceptions to all those rules, but we need to understand what we are doing together. We had, you guys, there was a 12-day turnaround for the first Juneteenth celebration in Pflugerville, 12 days. Some pessimists would have said, oh, that's absolutely not enough time. We want to do it big. We want to have it perfect. Instead, we had the brilliance of Alicia to say, I'll take 12 days. I'll take 10 days, I'll take two days, as long as I can make it happen some kind of way. That's where we have to be as a people. And we have to start spreading that. We need that to be contagious. We need that positive, and and what's the word I'm looking for? All those things that we are doing, no matter how small compared to what it used to be, we know times are changing. We're an evolutionary society. That's to be expected, but we don't have to accept it. And I get it, because I'll tell everyone. You know, I used to, um, 
when uh, Mark Strama, state rep, was in office, one thing that he said to me that really <laughs> stuck with me was in all that he was doing. And, you know, because when you're a politician, there's only so much you really can do. A lot of people just don't understand that, mm -hmm. um, even on your platform. You, you want to do it. You can't always do it because there are other forces. For me, I'm one vote. But I do make a one vote promise to anyone and everyone. That's the best I can do and you'll always get the best from me. What he said, Mark Stroma, at the time um, serving as a representative, I can explain it to you, but I cannot understand it for you. And I think if we take some of those philosophies of those previous leaders who have actually had boots on the ground to try to make a difference, that's what we need to start doing. We used to find our motivation and our understanding and our goals and ambitions from oral history, from having those conversations and those talks and, you know, grandma's hands, actually doing those things. That's what we have to get back to. I think we, sh we need to take control of the, narr the, the narratives here and start shifting that. Again, I repeat, blacks do read. We read pretty damn well. We not only read through books, but we read people. <laughs> we know how to read vibes. You know, we know how to read the black experience, experience rather, in a way that no one else can. So I think once we start getting that core and we start opening up those arms again and we start embracing, we will get there. If it'll be in my lifetime, I'm not sure. I'm probably older than both of you guys. Of course, I'm not telling you, but I'm pretty sure that I'm older than both of you. <laughs> I think that we need to do it now. Having this conversation, having what you're doing now, using media. You know, I don't know what your strategy is here with Culture Crawl ATX, but to me, it seems to be a strategic component in making change, making a difference, doing what, what makes you happy, which again is part of your pursuit. You're able to pursue this right here, right now, which is part of your American dream. And my opinion, not to contradict you, but sometimes the American dream is not even about owning a home. It's about not having your government overturned. Okay. It's about not having those abuses in your life. It's about having choices. Just to have a choice is a dream. So I think we need to start looking at what really affects people's daily lives and how we know it. If we know where we were, and as they say with history, you know, and, and let's not take the negative. You're destined to repeat it. Well, you know what? <laughs> I'll take history and I start building on that and learning from that so that if it does repeat itself, it will not be the same process and it damn sure won't be the same outcome. Okay, because I'm not with that. We're not the same as was. The past is where it is. It's never coming back. There's nothing we can do about it. But we can take from it to establish our present and plan for the future. And I think that's what we need to do. We need to break it down. If we got to break it off and spoon feed people, then that's what the hell we need to do. Break out the silver spoons. I'm with it. I'm trying right now, here today. Any questions? <laughs> what, where can I sign up? That's where I want to see. see. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, you know what? Speaking of, of like, what can we do? I was and, and thinking of actual actions. <clears throat> you know, we've been seeing people come across or door to door for a census count. And I know that uh, when Bloomberg was spending money, he had people going door to door, um, dropping off pamphlets. 
And, and one thing that I have never seen personally is people going door to door for voter registration. Is there a reason we don't do that? And, and not necessarily soliciting, but for example, if we were just gonna talk about, uh, I think you mentioned you, you did the national night out, right? And that's a, that's a block party type thing. Yes. Um, block by block, and I'm, I, I'm gonna say it, though I'm not yet volunteering, we, from a community perspective, at least in Pflugerville, uh, we could have people on the block be responsible for ensuring that their neighbors are registered to vote. Regardless of their political party or affiliation, their responsibility is simply to ensure that the block is registered uh, and, and to you know, hold people accountable for actually voting. And if you need a ride to the booth, uh, we'll give you a ride. If you need somebody to watch your kids, we'll, we'll watch the kids. And, and that would be a way for the community to support itself. And if every block did that, then every block would be counted. Uh, that's, that's community organization. That's, that's what um, President Obama you know, was, was a proponent of. Just organize. That's what we need. That's what we had. That's what Michael was talking about. We were organized as a community, but Michael, you know, it goes back to say, well, we didn't have all the open opportunity either to be as integrated, okay? <laughs> so let's, that's what I'm saying. Let's look at our evolution right now, okay? Um, we didn't have the luxury of, you know, cell phone privileges, we could just, you know, ignore, bypass. No, we kind of have to answer the phone, didn't want to talk to this person. We either told them or we just hung up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we didn't have the same situations, you know, but we do have the same type of people because people have been people since the beginning of time and they always will be. No matter where you go, people will be the same. So we have to look at where we are. We meet people where they are in order to get those results that you were just talking about, Donald. I've had national night out block parties. That was my thing. I didn't care for it, you know, just sidebar. I didn't care for it once it changed to October because I'm like, hey, I'm a native Texan. We have a relationship with our heat. It's hot. It's supposed to be in August. That's what we do. You do it in October, I'm not feeling that because of daylight savings. I, I really don't care about that. But for me, I just wish it would go back to August. Um, nonetheless, I think it was a bunch of northerners, you know, moved here and had some issues. <laughs> How that is well, I'm just saying, okay, that's just kind of you know how I feel about it being in you know native Texan, okay <laughs> um, but how do we start? How do we get started how How many neighbors do we talk to? How many friends, how many family members do we talk to? Because I tell you, there's an election going on right now here in Travis county mm -hmm. did, did right. I vote I, I voted I voted yes. Yeah. How many people? How, how do we do that? Like you have this, this, this show here and you have, you know, tech sense, you know, you know, tech fluency. What can we do? I mean, we really need to start getting together, burning the midnight oil and say, okay, what are we willing to do? That's the question. We know what we can in our own personal lives, but we have to start bridging this gap if we're going to really make a difference. So Donald, uh, on that, I, I love that idea. I'm thinking about a whole campaign about like um, like neighbor voting or like like a buddy voting system or like that. Uh, but uh, I'm really gonna put some thought behind that and actually bring that up on some of the calls that I'm on. But I think that'll be a great idea. 
um, not just on a on a federal level, but it's overall making sure people are, are registered to vote and actively engaged in the civic process and know what they can and cannot do. Yeah, plus I think it would help. Well, Steph, um, I, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, I just was, was going to say that um, if you can get some few people that can take the class to be a voter's um, a registrar, mm. I think it's called a VBR. I mean, you can register people to vote, you know, legally. You can have your cards, but you can on the spot register people to vote. You know, people that you meet wherever you go, you know, considering that you have permission to do such a thing as someone's venue on the property. But that's what the core people can do. Okay. Um, what you're doing, your, your spouse, your SO, your cousin, your brother said, hey, would you mind registering some people to vote? You can go and take this little three-hour class or whatever the heck, get your certificate, have an understanding, um, have some ideas of how to promote this. Not too much going out of your way. As much time as it takes to, you know, to watch, you know, a Denzel movie, bro, you know, just go ahead and you know, register a couple of people. Just ask them if they're interested in voting. You know, do it your way, but let's just come out with the same results and just have a goal. You know, every year, my goal is to register a minimal of 20 people to vote. I've been able to do that every year for the past five years, except for this year, because we have this uh, pandemic situation. That's my personal goal. And I've been a, a, a registrar. And I haven't this year because of other changes. But that's something that's very... Um, I guess fulfilling because we all have hope right now. We hope things get better mm -hmm. for me. I like to fulfill. So I'm thinking if I'm going to fulfill this hope, I need to be about it. So that's what I'm doing. Other people, <clears throat> there are so many, if people have a fish fry, okay, well fish fry your voter registration over here. How about that? You know, birthday party. <laughs> Let's go ahead and sign up people to come in. If you don't want to vote, tell me why. Let me work on that. Do you have a cause? Is there any other way that we can we can help you contribute? We can support you with your causes and your interests. That's what I have phenomenal women's tea for. Um, women's causes. That's that's the tagline. Every woman has a cause. Sisters supporting sisters. We will show up. We'll donate five dollars somebody pays for the fuel and someone else's car to say okay well i'm gonna take a group of the ladies to a lady a's event um lady b is going to be there having this that and the third. lady c is going to do this i have my kids at home so lady d is going to take everybody home that's kind of what you have to do that's getting back to basics how we got the civil rights thing started. a small group of people meeting here you know bringing in one or two people um being organized having those ideas having those strategies michael you know, and actually being about it. Say, well, let's schedule this. This okay. It's okay if you can't do it all. I'm not asking you to do it all, but I'm asking you to do all you can. What does that mean? And what does that look like in your life? And how can we help as a collective? That's, that's where we have to be because we will do it. You know, trust and believe. If somebody said, um, we're having a party, the first thing somebody said, I'm bringing drink, I'm bringing smoke, I'm bringing music, I'm bringing potluck. Somebody's always bringing something like that. Well, how about if we expand that a little bit and flip the script? How about bringing this cause and this purpose and this thing and that thing that's going to help us at the end of the day? You can still have your party, but we can always get down. So those are just part of, of my ideas and how how I think we can do this thing. Um, is it gonna happen overnight? No, it isn't. Um, and just backtracking a little bit really quickly, sidebar, 
Donald, I like the way that you brought in um, the Greek empire because our constitution, our, our founders of the constitution did study the Greek empire, you know, in making the decisions in, in, um, in writing the Federalist Papers, you know, with the Madison and Jefferson and things like that. So um, I just wanted to say kudos to you for that. That's one because I people only know Greeks through fraternities and, and the dancing and such. Mm -mm -mm. Um, <clears throat> uh, I think we're just about 45 to 50 minutes in, so we'll probably wrap up here. But uh, right before we do, um, can you provide, if you know off the top of your head, how we can become a, reg a, a voter registrar. Is that going to the Secretary of State? Is that working with um, the, the county? county? Yes, okay. county clerk. It, you know, where you register to vote. That's what you do. You can sign up. Um, they normally provide you with a list of training sites. Now, what's going on now, I can't say as far as the pandemic because of, you know, enclosed spaces and then, mm. you know, populace and such. But I'm sure they're doing something online because it's very important that we continue to do that. Um, notwithstanding, you know, the mail-in, mail-in, mail-out ballots, that type of thing. But um, you go on there, you want to sign up, even have a couple of people that you can talk to. I have a link. I'm more than happy to send that to you as well, forward it to you. Yeah, that would be great. I'll add it to, um, what I'll do is add that link to the uh, Instagram post and probably okay. on when we go up on LinkedIn. Okay, sounds good. I okay, that cool. To you, um, cool, for cool. the end of the day. Excellent, that'd be great. Uh, well, thank you very much. And on that note, we're going to close out of Culture Crawl ATX podcast. We thank you so much for listening. And we ask that you take this time to follow Culture Crawl ATX on Instagram and click that like button and follow on your favorite podcast listening platform.